Do you remember how supported you felt when you experienced your first period? If you're like most of us, even if your immediate loved ones did their best to help you practically with what you might need, generally there was a sense that your bleed was something to keep on the down low, something to manage discreetly and most certainly not to celebrate. Whether we've acknowledged it or not, we will all hold a sense of loss around our menstrual cycle. This can lead to a real disconnect from our body and impact all facets of our relationship to womanhood. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Charlotte Punteau, Wild Feminine Cycle Coach. We go to the depths in this chat and get clear on what we gain as women when we learn to live in reverence to the cyclical nature of our body. Charlotte Punteau is an internationally award-winning triple certified coach, shamanic craftswoman, host of Wild Flow podcast, and a sought-after menstrual educator and speaker. Charlotte's work weaves together menstrual cycle awareness, feminine embodiment tools, and life coaching with a shamanic approach to women's empowerment. She guides women through the deeply transformational journey of reclaiming their power, pleasure, and purpose through the portal of working with the menstrual cycle and rites of passages so they can embody and express their wild feminine magic in the world as a sovereign, sacred leader. Charlotte founded First Moon Circles, a globally recognized facilitated training program which trains menstrual educators around the world to holistically empower, honor, and celebrate children and their families at Menarche. She leads a community of practitioners devoted to spreading period positivity into diverse cultures, communities, and countries. I am so delighted to share this conversation with Charlotte with you today. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs. What if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper and I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome everyone to another juicy, rich conversation here on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. I'm delighted to introduce a beautiful woman, a woman who I've had the pleasure of getting to know and working with in various capacities over the last few years. But recently she's been off doing just these incredible magical things. And uh, I was just saying, oh my God, when you read someone's website and it's just like the magnetic, aligned, delicious resonance that just kind of bursts off the page. This is what I just felt. <laughs> so I'm like, woman, you have just, my God, you are making an impact. And I'm speaking to the beautiful Charlotte Pointeau. And we are diving into 
some wild feminine cycle chat today and it's going to be gorgeous. So welcome, Charlotte. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Kate. Thank you for that introduction. I feel so, um, I feel a real mix of, of energy and emotion in my body hearing those words. I feel like, feel very seen and understood in, in some ways, but also, yeah, the aliveness that, that's, that's there at, um, yeah, kind of having it back reflected back to me that I, I do feel like I'm I'm home in what I'm doing and I do feel like I've landed in it. So thank you for sharing that. Mm, you're so welcome. Mm. You are very, very welcome. And what I've been doing, Charlotte, before we really dive in and explore your work and uh, and the way that I suppose you move through the world, um, through the lens of grief and pleasure, I like to just kind of drop us in and help us land by tuning into what's alive in you right now, right here. And so my question to you is, I'm curious if you can sense any loss in your body, in your felt experience right now. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a hell of a question. So this morning, um, I got news from my dad back in the UK that he's in hospital. Mm. He's, um, he came out to visit me and my daughters, um, or my, my family back in October, November. And, um, it was the first time we'd seen him since before COVID. And ever since he got back, he's not been right. Um, and he's just discovered he's got some um blood clots in his leg and his lungs so he's in hospital so yeah I'm feeling a whole lot (laughs) about that Mm -hmm. right now it's very alive um you know obviously the sense of of worry and concern and a deep guilt actually and and grief and frustration and powerlessness about um, how hard it is for me to be away from him and to not be able to just get my butt over to the UK at, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So that's, that's very, um, yeah, it's very real. Um, and that's something that, that does live in me mm-hmm. kind of continuously to some degree, you know, sometimes it's forgotten and, low level, but when you, when I remember it's, it's there, but yeah, it's very alive today. Mm. Um, so that would be the biggest sense. And then there's subtle layers that, that are there, that were there before I heard that news. Um, there's grief at the state of the world. There's grief at the struggle that people are experiencing, um, all over the world. And, you know, I hear it a lot in the UK, but even here as well, family, friends struggling, um, the state of the earth, um, the, the everyday struggles of being a mom who works Mm -hmm. like that's real too. Mm -hmm. There's, um, yeah, there's the sensations of, of grief and challenge in that. And it sits 
all in my heart mostly and my chest and my throat and my neck and my shoulders. Yeah. So thank you for letting me Mm -hmm. express that and let that be alive and not have to compartmentalize Mm. that in this conversation. Yes. Yes. You are so welcome. And I agree, you know, when we can bring this forth and simply give it permission to exist in this, in this space between us, that's kind of where real connection can happen, right? And where real conversation mm. can unfold. So thank you for sharing so honestly, particularly, you know, this there's this fresh loss alive in you. So I'm I'm with you. And mm. um and so I, I wonder if my next question it might be different. There might be a different sense alive in your body or if it kind of might, and often it is, right, tangled together. I wonder if there is any sense of longing that's kind of bubbling away in your system at the moment. Mm, and how complex we humans are that we can hold both at once, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a, a menstrual cycle coach, so um, I always bring this cyclical lens to just all that I am, not just what I do. It's, it's for me, very alive in me. So I'm, um, day 11 in my menstrual cycle, which for me means that I am, um, approaching the midway of my cycle, which is midway would be when ovulation happens. If Mm -hmm. you've got, um, a natural, uh, like, you know, regular, um, healthy menstrual cycle. And that is the most, so I'm just coming into the most juicy and alive part of my cycle when, you know, on a biological basis, it's, it's all about fertility, but with that comes, you know, a huge rush of libido and sensuality and sexuality and longing and desire and creativity Mm -hmm. and just kind of, finding the world a more delicious place Mm. and it's so funny I kind of laugh at myself because I see myself really shifting through these different energies of of my menstrual cycle um and I've not had this awareness for you know certainly not my whole life it was only in the last few years and you know I've been pregnant and breastfeeding for so much of the last decade and so waiting for that cycle to come back so I could experience it. It's like, oh, this is what everyone talked about. Oh yeah, I really feel yeah. it. So <laughs> for me at the minute, there's um like a very embodied sense of of, of pleasure and 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 longing that mm-hmm. is, is hormonal, definitely driven hormonally. But um, you know, it's manifesting. Uh I think it's always there, it's just more present mm-hmm. at the minute. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's showing to me in, in the clothes that I've all picked to wear today. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm not going out the house today and I'm <laughs> wearing like a really like sexy, like little, little number and little silky kind of, um, like house coat over the top that just feels good. And I put makeup on and, mm. um, just kind of enjoyed beautifying, um, this morning and, there's a real sense of, um, 
I like, yeah, I just really enjoy my own touch at this time as, as well. I notice that I do that a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's longing for space for myself away from the pressures of all the things there's longing for time with my husband, which is super hard to come by at the minute where it's such a busy month just now that school's gone back and work's picking up and all the things um and there's just a real longing for a deep exhale as well Mm. Mm. oh I feel like I just (laughs) was taken on such a journey then (laughs) as you were sharing I was like oh yeah (laughs) me too I mean I'm like day 15 and so I'm right I'm right (laughs) and um I mean we could jam about the differences right that women experience at the various points in their cycle and some I know are quite common and and many women can relate to having uh similar experiences felt experiences in their body and in their um in how they kind of see the world and and approach life and yet there can be differences as well and I I find that it's really fascinating as we move into midlife particularly um I'm 40 next week and it's like yeah thank you and um (laughs) and I've you know I've had kind of other health challenges in the last um couple of years that have impacted my cycle. And so that's also taken into consideration. And so I really just find it so fascinating when we are tuned in to our menstrual cycles um, and, and we begin to notice those nuances like you were sharing and like how we how we want to express, how we want to present um, what we yeah, what our desires are, um, what desires are moving through us and what really are we repelled by all of these things just have such an impact, um, on our general sense of who we are, right. And, and what, yeah, what, what is important to us. So yeah, thank you for just giving us that beautiful depiction of where you're at right here, right now. And it's just so yeah, I think that's really valuable for our listeners to kind of just go, hmm, where am I and where might I be approaching certain things that are happening in my life through this, um, yeah, through mm. this perspective, right? Mm. So you mentioned that, yes, you are a menstrual cycle coach and I mean, I also really value just seeing the world through this um, cyclical lens. And so I'm curious in these losses that you spoke to and and the layers that you carry as a woman, how has understanding your menstrual cycle and just yourself as a, as a cyclical being, how has it illuminated, I guess, the grief that is alive in you and also how has it supported the grief as you move through your cycle mm, such a great question and it's such a big answer i'm just going to take a moment mm-hmm. to really yeah. 
Land just a teeny one to start with this <laughs> no it's there's a lot of ways there's a lot of layers to this I think that's what it is and so first of all I like so many women excuse me I like so many women have been really disconnected from my body for my whole life um, until more recently. And that has been because of all kinds of experiences, the way that I grew up and the, the messages I learned about my, my worth, my, my body, what that, you know, the power that it, it held and the danger that it held and, the way that it was something that could be threatening to others and a threat to myself um, in certain contexts, but um, that it also it was something, my body had a kind of a mind of its own, like it did things and it changed and, you know, I might feel pain at certain time. And I used to have very painful periods as a, a young girl. Um, and I felt like I never understood it. And I felt like I was always being caught out. Um, and I hold a lot of, you know, there's a lot of grief in that, but there's this deep imprint that my body's not to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And so um, as I became a mother and you know, really wanted to empower myself around the rite of passage of becoming a mother and through the actual physical process of, of birthing. And I really wanted to, I had a hunger for knowledge of what was going on, what I could expect, how I could support myself. And I had this real sense that because of my earlier rites of passage, and by that, I mean, the way I was born, the way I experienced my first periods, the way I experienced pubescence and and adolescence and becoming a woman and, and going through life, the imprint I have held is that I can't rely on others to guide me, to teach me, to show me the way, to support me um, emotionally as well. So, you know, practical knowledge is one thing, but that emotional support is is another. And so as I had, um, you know, sort of started to find out more about my, like this thing called a menstrual cycle, and I wanted to fall pregnant and I wanted to conceive. And I started learning about it at that point. You know, it was very much coming from this practical view. And then as I became a mother and again experienced this recurring pattern of having no emotional support um, and no guidance and it not really being about me either. It's all about, you know, everyone else's experiences of me becoming a mother and Mm -hmm. having this child, for example, as I moved through that, I had this huge grief of like, well, what about me? Like there's something going on here that's deeply profoundly like I've changed as a being, um, and others can't see this. And so I took it upon myself to start learning more and more. And I found myself being drawn more and more into the spiritual aspects and the shamanic dimensions of our rites of passage and the menstrual cycle. And what I mean by that is the beyond physical experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can learn about a menstrual cycle as being, you know, this egg that's being released and we have a bleed and we might have hormones that go up and down and we can kind of understand it from that biological point of view. But when you 
learn about this whole other side that mm. is so powerful and so present and these patterns that that emerge and why and how that shapes you this whole other side opens up as well um and so what that's given me is this sense of realizing that the everything is so interconnected everything is so interconnected and the way that we experience our menstrual cycle is not just a physical readout of our health it speaks to our relationship to our bodies to our caregivers and the way that we may have been guided and supported and not how safe we feel, um, how we birth and create and how we might take responsibility or not for ourselves, all kinds of woundings that we have experienced in our life um, can play out in the menstrual cycle. And I find it absolutely fascinating that this is such a lens we can look at the physical aspect but then from there understand what's you know where we're having challenges and where we're having like our good days and our bad days and that's coming up in the cycle and then dive in deep from there into these deeper psychological spiritual layers to see what's playing out mm. and where it's come from and so for me understanding this it's utterly changed my life and I'm obsessed with it and I could talk for days and I will try not <laughs> to do that right now but basically what I've learned is that if I'm struggling at a particular point in my cycle yes it might be how I fueled or not fueled my body how how I've slept like what's going on on a hormonal level especially as things have changed postpartum and you know in my late 30s and as I get into my mid to late 40s we'll go through perimenopause and you know it's changing it's always changing mm -hmm. and it's such a stress readout as well like um the menstrual cycle is like the canary in the coal mine so you know how what's going on within us it, it's a readout like it's, there's something to look at something to look at but as I've understood that you know this beyond physical realm I've realized that there's these things that are playing out that are unresolved um, within me that are there for healing and they're there for transformation. So for example, one of the things that I struggle with is, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of attention goes on the premenstrual phase because you're a moody bitch and it's that right. time of the month, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, well, maybe, maybe that's for a reason, maybe mm -hmm. actually, you know, what the depths of this are is, boundaries like how much we're giving you know in that mid-cycle time that you and I are both in we've got so much more energy and resilience to sleep less and work harder and do all the things around the house and put up with all the shit we get to that premenstrual phase we are not able right. to tolerate that like our energy is dropping our hormones are dropping but this is also a time when our woundings can come up about how supported we felt and not like, are we being supported now or is it still on us? And we're like, I just can't cope. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. That's a time. That's just one small example of how it can illuminate what's going on underneath. And another time I actually struggle with is when my bleed finishes and when I'm coming back out into the world and my energy is coming back up and mm. I've worked really hard in my marriage <laughs> to be given some support and space to like 
step back and go, you cook the dinners, you take the kids to school, you like, can you just do this? Even if it's just a little bit, like, can we like tip the balance slightly in his favor where he's carrying that little bit extra because I just can't right now. And actually, if I can do that, this is going to sustain me for that whole menstrual cycle. So what I've noticed is when I come out of this phase of being given this space and it's like, you're back on now, you're finished bleeding, stop slacking off. (laughs) I go, oh, I don't want an adult. (laughs) I'm actually quite enjoying being nurtured. Right. I didn't have that when I was young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's these, energy of these there's this archetypal lens we can put over the menstrual cycle as well where our um the part that the phase that sort of week when we finish bleeding before we reach that real mid ovulation phase is linked to the maiden um archetype in the maiden time of our life Mm -hmm. so then the ovulation phase is linked to the mother phase of our life Mm -hmm. so maiden is like naught 25 Mother is 25 to 50 and menopause. The premenstrual phase is more like a postmenopausal, um, wilder woman energy. Right. And then that bleeding time is like a crone energy, like a more of a mystic energy as well, mm. like a more intuitive sense. So there's a whole load to go into that I'm not yeah. going to right now. But just to speak to, I struggle in this maiden phase of my cycle. And it's like, yep, there she is again, the wounded child showing up, like not wanting to step into the adult Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have this real resistance and a kind of overwhelm. And so having this self-awareness, like of how these, um, imprints, the experiences of my rites of passage, my woundings from earlier in life, maybe how I feel as well about, about aging can come Mm up everything about parenting relationships, like just functioning in this intense world manifests in the menstrual cycle. And if you can spot these patterns for you, there's questions there about where, where do you feel good? Where do you struggle? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, what's the deeper? And that's my jam. That's what I love. Oh, I seriously, like we should have allocated five hours for this (laughs) because as you're speaking, I mean, I'm just like, ding, 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 ding. Right. And about a few things. I mean, when you speak to these woundings that surface, when we are paying attention, we, you know, through the menstrual cycle, we can identify these woundings. I immediately connect them to what I kind of have um, coined this feminine web of grief. And so they're all losses that are accumulating and have accumulated over time in our systems. So outside of just the situational loss, like for example, the news that you received today, when we, when we understand that actually we're walking around just these beings with so much inherited loss and accumulated loss, um, particularly as you've indicated, right, as women uh, under capitalist patriarchy, these big losses that happen can really shake our foundations if we're not aware and if we haven't welcomed the other layers of loss. And, And so 
when you're talking about really um, giving ourselves space and grace to be with the wounding that surfaces in this time, that's exactly, you know, that's such an incredible gateway into um, inviting this gentle intimacy with our losses over time. And so there's just this beautiful, like, I'm just um, so in sync with, with what you're sharing. And I just love that, like, you have this framework in which to um, come into relationship with those losses. Uh, and also I'm sitting here going, hmm, this is so interesting because in recent times I've started to experience like this real conflicting um, ovulation period where like, yes, I'm energetic and juicy and alive. And also I've been getting a lot more pain and discomfort um, more than in menstrual uh, when I'm bleeding. And I'm also like, oh, the, there's a lot of rage in there. And I'm just starting to really understand that maybe that's got, you know, some of the things that you tapped into and you spoke to. Um, and also this really interesting, I don't know, maybe you can <laughs> enlighten me, Charlotte. Um, as I, I think there's something in there about congruency. So it's like, I have this desire to be more fully expressed in all of these different ways in my life, be seen, received. I have this, um, I suppose it's been like an integrating and a maturing and a ripening as I move into this stage of my life and anything that isn't supportive of that or that, you know, places or people in which I feel not seen or misunderstood or disrespected or dishonored, that kind of like conflict oh my God, it's all just coming. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But there's, yeah, maybe that's it. It's like this time that I really just want to be like radiant and open and, and alive. It's all of a sudden, it's just so illuminated in those spaces where I'm not and where mm -hmm. I feel maybe like a caged animal in that way. So um, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? Oh, <laughs> totally. First of all, it's really common actually for women to have a challenging experience with the ovulation archetypally and like the average if you read a book about it they'll say this is the time of like you said juiciness and aliveness mm -hmm. and ripeness and just bursting with like sexuality and effervescence and mm -hmm. actually you know yes yes <laughs> but also we have to remember that might that's like the map but not right. the territory right so just because that's the kind of archetypal experience, we're not going to do that thing that the world and patriarchy does of going, well, you're wrong. If you don't have that experience, exactly. you're wrong. It needs fixing like deny. No, actually it's really common. And, um, and it's fascinating. So it can manifest as, as pain, like actual pain with ovulation. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that, that's like a physical thing to look at, you know, and there can be things that, you know, you can explore from like a functional medicine diet supplement kind of way. But the way I work with it is okay. Like what's going on here. And you like from this, like in the inner worlds, from a, the psychological, mm -hmm. um, spiritual point of view. And as you've said, you feel like 
you're like bursting with this energy, but you feel like a caged animal Mm. and you want to be able to just bloom. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the energy of this time of the cycle. This is, um, I mentioned like the mother phase of life. And when I say mother, it's not about whether you've got children or not. It's that idea of like the creatrix, like the goddess, like Mm -hmm. she's, blooming like a rose in full bloom and she is like here to really like shine and be seen and um if if the if our maidenhood is more about discovering the world and trying to go okay well who am I and how I do do I fit into it at this point in the in your menstrual cycle because it's such a mirror of the life cycle too mm-hmm. it's like okay I'm 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 more sure and clear of who I am although there's still a level of discovering how that is in the world but it's like I'm here and I want to be seen and I want to do the work I'm here to do and I'm like got this to give and you know this world just doesn't support women in that it's we've got you know this is the most intense time of our life um children to care for Mm -hmm. businesses to run or or careers or you know or working and but even if not like it's full on and mm-hmm. you might have parent like um parents to care for uh like you're tending to things in the world you might have a relationship that you know you're you're trying to sustain as well through this intense time of life um and so it can feel like fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like i just want to do my thing yes <laughs> i'm clear now i'm here to do it like <laughs> and i Hardly. totally get it Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's like I, one of the things that I feel alive in me is it's like a tether, mm. you know, and I will, I will say it, the thing that shouldn't be said that I adore my children and I adore my family, but sometimes I'm like, God damn, like, yeah, I have to, you know, I just want to and, and notice it at this summer midpoint of my menstrual cycle. I just want to be untethered from that. And I just yeah. want to pour like create, it's this huge energy of creation. Mm-hmm. And so it can bring up this tension of like having so much to hold. And then as you move past ovulation as well. So, you know, the average, like if you had a 28 day cycle, it would be about day 14, but it can be any, like, you know, people have yeah. much longer or even shorter cycles. So it's, it's that two week point before your next bleed not necessarily midway in your cycle. Mm-hmm. So whenever this ovulation is for you, whenever you move past that, your energy is like, it's kind of like weight, it's like riding the cusp of this wave, but it's starting to lose momentum. Mm-hmm. And it's this impending sense of dropping and oh like God, the wave, like I'm falling off there. the wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there can be this sense of all the things I want to get done and I don't have the time to do it. And I really want to get it done before it's time to go inwards again and before Mm. you lose that resilience and energetic capacity. So it can feel a little bit like there's a, this is deadline that's coming at you, Mm. which can exacerbate that too. So there's a whole lot more, you know, everyone has different experiences. It can bring up a lot of shadows as well about how you feel about your body and your sexuality. Yeah. It can illuminate how you are like feel it, you know, how you feel in your, your family, your relationships it can certainly bring up um, the, any challenges you're feeling about what you are doing. And if you haven't found what you're meant to be doing yet mm-hmm. um, 
or you know, there's a whole lot to it, but to speak to what you shared. Yep. That's yep. some ideas. Yeah. Oh, look, it's all, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, and yeah, there, there's certainly, there's so much, isn't there? There's so, so much that we can dive into. And I just, I love kind of having these frames of reference. You know, I feel like that's so empowering when we can understand our bodies, our emotions and and what's happening through these various frames. And it's very, very powerful, the um, this cyclical frame that you speak to because it is anchored in the body. I mean, it's as embodied as it gets, right? With our bleed and with this, um, this incredible process that literally births life. I mean, we can't get more (laughs) embodied, particularly for women, um, through this frame. And you alluded to it earlier, but I am really, really interested and passionate about how we can invite deeper honoring and reverence through ritual and through these intentional acts um, in our everyday to actually land in our felt experience and to kind of look around us and, and acknowledge the big stuff that we go through in a lifetime. And, and so for me, I, I am really interested in grief rights and things like that, but ultimately they are tangled up in all that you're speaking to around these very specific, um, rites of passage in a woman's life. Our first bleed, our, um, you know, becoming pregnant, giving birth, perimenopause, menopause, all of these these kind of markers in a woman's life that are thoroughly dismissed and rejected in our culture. And there is so much inherent loss in that. And I just wonder if you can speak a little more to, I suppose, what we gain maybe, you know, what, what we're able to access in our lives, in our relationship to our bodies when we honour these rites of passage. Mm, mm, beautiful question. Oh, yeah. Um, so these rites of passage are, as you've mentioned, for for people, for, for women, they are linked to, very much linked to our wombs and our, like the blood mysteries, like the cycle, the menstrual cycle. So, you know, it's, it's, it's deeply embodied and we have this within us and men don't have this, um, but we have it right within us. And when we can be with what was, what was experienced, when we can look at how we were as I've said, like supported or not supported, guided or not. Now a rite of passage is is a transition from one phase of life, from one identity, from one group, so belonging in Mm -hmm. one way and moving through this initiation, it should be an initiation, into this next phase of life. 
and we should be shown how to um, belong to ourselves in that and belong to each other. Mm. And a rite of passage should guide us and seed us with the wisdom to succeed in this next phase of life. And I'm sure you're thinking, what? Like, (laughs) I've never experienced that. Yeah, we, we don't experience it. We don't have that. It's not honored in our in our world. Um, you know, children having their first bleed, it's like, here's a pad, go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mothers, it's you might do a bit of birth education and it's like getting through the labor. And there might be a um oh I forgot what you even call it now. <laughs> The uh, the party for, for the oh, mom. Oh, like, uh, I mean, I go to say mother blessing, but I know most I people do, don't but do that. The, yeah. <laughs> Bra- um, baby shout, baby shout. Baby shout, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's the baby shout, but that ends up ultimately being about get like the baby and, and not the yeah. mother. Yeah. Um, And menopause, like, what? Like who's talking about menopause? Mm-hmm. Well, luckily we're talking about it more and more, but this idea of like it being something to celebrate, hell no. Mm. Um, so all of these experiences, you know, in traditional cultures in, in in more ancient times would have been deeply celebrated and deeply ritualized and ceremonial. And there would have been so much guidance from the elders um, to initiate people properly into, you know, here's what to expect on a physical level on the practical level, but also on the deeper emotional, spiritual levels of what it might feel like and what might come up for you and how to take this healed path into this next phase rather than what we do, because we don't have this is we just keep replaying this wounded path mm-hmm. through through all of our rites of passage and there's deep work that you can do to look at what these repeating patterns can be so there's a lot i'm really interested in reclamation work of like mm-hmm. reclaiming these rites of passages and kind of giving ourselves what we needed at the time but then using that as well to honor future rites of passages like how can we change mm-hmm. this for ourselves how can we take it back? How can we take this healed path? And how can we share that with others? Um, So there's so much available to us in understanding, actually, this is a really big deal. Mm. And it's not just something that, you know, our culture would have us do, which is soldier on, like, just get on with it, keep it to yourself, don't talk about it, don't complain, don't like make it visible, right? Secret, secret women's business, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have been divided and conquered in this way because it has become so shameful. There's so much shame associated with menstruation, and so you know, at Menarch, your first period, we all do, whether we think we do or not, hold shame. Mm-hmm. We we picked it up at that time. Like even if you felt excited about having a period, you weren't. I, I bet you were not able to go and shout it from the rooftops right. and have everyone around you go, awesome. Like mm-hmm. I see you, I celebrate you. Like there is shutting down of that. There's support and no support. And there's not, you know, even if you have it within your family, which would be rare and you'd be lucky on a community level at school, it doesn't exist. And so we do internalize these messages that we need to 
figure it out ourselves and, and yeah. you know and just just you know so many people don't even know what's happening and we carry this through with us so when we can learn to go actually this is important mm. this does matter and I can see how these feelings can come up you know like if you're somebody who really struggles with your period you know, the side of blood, the smell of blood, the experience of blood, the pain, maybe, you know, pain's a sign that there's emotions that are being held onto in the womb as well. And we hold so much there. You Then you can start to notice like how you feel about yourself and your body around your menstrual cycle. Um, and it might just be simply, you know, you can very much start off with just cycle checking cycle charting. So just noticing, uh, today's the first day of my period. So that's the first day of my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about just a period, like this whole menstrual cycle. And then you count from there. And so every day you can go, so day one today, like, how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. What's coming up for me on the physical level, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual deeper levels, like what's coming up for me? How do I feel? And then what do I need? What do I need today? What's one simple thing I could do for myself? That might be sit down and have a cup of tea. It might be go for a walk. It might be go in nature. It might be be with other people and do something big. Mm. It might be get everyone out the house and give mm. me some damn space, yo. <laughs> you know, it, it can vary, whatever it is. But And that because it will change across your cycle. But just asking yourself, how do I feel? like acknowledging and not suppressing. Right. And what do I need? Giving yourself what you need instead of denying yourself. Mm -hmm. I find that the most simple yet the most powerful Mm -hmm. thing to do to start with. If you're new to this, even if you've been doing this forever, whatever, it's just that powerful acknowledgement that you're important and you matter and that this is, something that needs space yeah oh it is I mean it's it is a practice isn't it it's uh like you say even if you are you feel as though you are well versed in your body's messaging and and wisdom still I I just find it's such an important reminder to just involve those simple practices of acknowledgement every day, because without that, we, we do, we lose our bearings and, um, and we lose sight of what it is we actually do need. So Mm. thank you for that reminder. And I wonder if you can share a little bit more Charlotte about some of the more specific ways that you um, support and train, um, women to do this work and, and to help others. Um, because you've got a couple of different kind of pathways, don't you? Mm, Yeah, I do. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I do. I'm, I'm really aware that what I, the work I do in the world is what I have needed. It's my healing medicine and, uh, I, I give that back. So I'm sure that's true for, for you and, and, yep. and many of us too. <laughs> so it's twofold. So the first thing I do is um, 
as a world feminine cycle coach and I hold space for women one-on-one to, it's coaching, but it's, it's a sacred container, a journey together where I invite you to become familiar with your menstrual cycle experience. And, And even for women who already are really, really familiar, we go into these deeper levels, these deeper layers of what's coming up and this archetype work, for example, looking at rites of passage, looking at these connections and really building up um, this self-awareness and this toolkit of, um, of, of ritual, of practice, of, of, of inquiry and embodiment work is, is, mm-hmm. is a huge part of what I do. So helping us to access truly what is within us and giving ourselves permission to explore this and we go deeper into these deeper shamanic dimensions. And it's about coming into a right relationship with your body and your rites of passage. Um, there's, there's healing work for sure. There's looking forwards to the future as well. Um, and coming into, um, into this place of, of deep self-knowing through the menstrual cycle and how that connects into our bodies, what we hold in our womb and the, the, yeah, these deep, these deeper layers. So that's, Mm. that's, um, yeah, that's, I just absolutely adore this work. It's yeah. So rich and intimate. Yeah. And it's, it's so different for everybody. Um, and I have a podcast as well called wild flow, which speaks very much to, to this kind of thing, cyclical living, Mm -hmm. cycle awareness, womb wisdom, rites of passage. And then the other side um, of what I do. So I am a trained youth mentor as well. And I hold circles um, and I have a a background in education. So I've brought this all together, mixed it all up in my cauldron. And (laughs) I created circles for nine to 12 year olds, Menarch circles. Um, And I teach children about this information that we have figured out way too late right. to give them this knowledge now. So we're changing, changing their experience, um, inviting some, some mums and daughters come along and I do this in my local community. And what I've done is because I was receiving so many questions of what are you doing and how do I do this? Yeah. I opened up first men circle school and I train other women to become first moon circle facilitators. So we go through this online journey of uncovering your own rites of passage, your own menarch stories, understanding how we got to this state of the world where we're so disconnected. Mm. And then we move into um, wisdom about setting up circle space. Right. Um, like actually facilitating like facilitation skills so that people come out the other side, able to go and hold these circles that are deep in integrity and Mm -hmm. wisdom, inclusive sacred spaces in their own communities. Um, and to share this wisdom onwards. Wow. So, um, we've got, we've got facilitators in like 15 countries or something in five continents now and, and growing. Um, and it just, thrills me to see this being done not just in different countries but in different cultures yes in different religious contexts different racial contexts different socioeconomic contexts as well 
all being applied to the, that very local situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and creating this kind of global movement of period positivity. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I've got That's this, huge. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a, a passion and it's, it's, it's got like a real momentum of its own now, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. yeah. So oh. that training um, is actually, we're opening for uh, enrollments um, and the course is going to begin in May this year mm-hmm. as well. Amazing. Coming Amazing. up. Yes. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this, just thinking, wow, that is something I would love to be able to offer in your community. Um, please go and have a look on Charlotte's website. I will make sure that the link is in the show notes for you. Um, Charlotte, if uh, you're on Instagram as well, what's your handle? Well, I'll also put that in the show notes, but if anyone's kind of wanting mm-hmm. to immediately <laughs> punch <laughs> that in, where can they find you? Yeah, thank you. So there's two. There's one for my coaching work and a specific one for First Moon. So my one is charlotte.puanto.coach and the other one is first undermoon circle. Underscore? (laughs) First underscore moon underscore circles circles amazing amazing and if they go to one they can find the other um but yeah Yeah. i will have all of the info for you and um yeah it's just such i think it's one of those things once you drop into it once you start exploring just this entire world opens up and i can't think of anyone better to guide you through that than you charlotte so thank you so much for your time today it's just been a really gorgeous exploration. Um, And yeah, I'm just so grateful for you coming and sharing with my audience. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. I have just loved your beautiful questions and this deep exploration. And thank you everyone for listening. (laughs) Thanks darling. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.